0: Welcome to the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church, a place for candid conversations about what our church community is learning, what is going on in the world, how it all applies to our lives as followers of Jesus. My name is Brooke, and this is episode number 67, because apparently that matters. It doesn't matter what number it is. It just goes in order anyway. What's up?
1: Russell, Maryland. 67. (laughs) Russell, Maryland. Miami Hurricane played for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Maybe I actually may be off on that. Now I'm doubting myself.
0: I got nothing when it gets to the, like linemen. I'm 67 is a rough number. I'm pretty lost when we get into the 60s and 70s.
1: 67, okay. I don't know. That's when my parents got married, 1967. Okay. Yeah. We're here to help here on the Six Podcasts. <laughs> Change your life. That's right. With the trivial facts uh, that pertain to no so one.
0: So that's yeah. That's right. What is going on with this weather? I don't understand. I think it's sixty-seven degrees. Like actually, it it may be. It's it not was, even. It's it, not even that right now. It was a
1: hundred and seven at one point last week.
0: I almost died last Sunday playing golf.
1: It's a weird. It's a weird deal. I know that. I guess it's the human condition that we just talk about the weather all the time. I've. I'm fifty-two years old. I feel like we've talked about the weather my entire life. Is that just common to man that we just? It's a common experience. Oh look at the weather! Oh, it's never been this cold. Oh, it's never been this hot. Oh, the wind. You know. Oh, this <laughs> reminds me of the storm of such and such. You know. Uh huh. My friends in Colorado are like, we just got 17 inches of snow, 17 inches last weekend, over the course of a couple of days. Like and right now in May. Yes, in May, and they are like, we haven't ever had this that. much snow here in May. Wow. And I'm like, okay, wow.
0: Huh. I went. I've been been to Colorado on like like spring break ski trips or whatever. When it was like, I remember one time I was I was snowboarding in uh, in like jeans and a hoodie. Yeah. Because it was like I kept like taking off all of the oh, yeah. like ski For, clothes and all skiing. that stuff because it was like it is so hot out here well it's
1: probably it ironically I, I i i did that a lot i know it well it's probably still like 40 something degrees but if you're skiing if you're if you're active you're and, working and the sun yeah. is out and it's bouncing off uh-huh. the white snow like it is hot yeah you know i was sweating there's girls in bikinis and guys <laughs> with shirts off skiing in in the spring i don't have that experience well, I've seen it. Okay, I've never, never. I've never skied in a bikini, but I've been out there where people <laughs> are doing it. I miss Colorado. Where did, where did that come from? <laughs> um. Okay. Let's get, let's get to actually some substance. Wow. Here uh, on the E6 podcast, here's uh, a substantive question. Okay. Are you gonna go see uh, Top Gun Maverick this weekend? Um, like, there's a. It's a rare time when a movie. I feel like maybe because they started making it two years ago. It think, feels like this one has been. In the works for And forever. because it was so iconic in the 1980s. Right. I, I just feel like there's a lot of like, and I saw Rotten Tomatoes actually like loves it. Like, really? Like the critics say it's going to be s- stellar. Hmm. Which That's me, interesting. I'm going. I, I kind of just assumed it would be I,
0: one of those like middle of the road, mm-hmm. like if you liked Top Gun, you'll love it. If you like fighter planes, you'll love it. If you were looking okay. for like a well-written story, you probably won't care.
1: Well, it's that's probably still all all true. You know, <laughs> I'm not sure it's going to be life-changing, but I do. I did read some interesting things when they made Top Gun in the '80s. Uh, evidently, I guess the Navy specifically, but the military wasn't really that excited about it. Okay, gave them very little access. Um, I read that there was two hours total. Of flight time, by uh, in the actual jets in the making of the first Top Gun. Really? Yes, two hours total. Huh. Like, and and I, I guess that speaks to how much of our taxpayers' dollars they're willing to spend on this. But then they found that recruitment into the Navy.
0: Yeah, okay, that makes more
1: sense. Went, uh, went up five hundred percent. Wow, that year. So. I can only speculate that the military <laughs> is fully behind this sequel. <laughs> well, but
0: okay. So, so uh, since we're going down this rabbit trail or bunny trail, as you like to say, of um, of of Top Gun, uh, do, have you seen any of the of the uh, the videos where the, the actors are talking about the? Um, the the, uh, the the training and stuff that they went through. No, like it's not just like green screen, and we put you in a plane and you I pretend. Think they're actually, like, in the plane doing like, G's. Apparently, you know? like Tom Cruise, like, yeah, like forced this issue and is like, no, 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 we are going to be in planes. You are going to know this. The cameras are going to be like it's actually on you. Probably and... just
1: because Tom wanted to fly in a fire jet. I'm sure that if probably you got was. that kind of clout and money, I'm like, no, we're actually going to do this. I don't yes. want a stunt man. Right. I want to barf. In the cockpit myself, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I need this to be real. Uh,
0: but yeah, no. Apparently, they like put like all kinds of like hours into yeah. into this
1: stuff, and which just makes bet, it all that more entertaining to I'll bet the action scenes are going to be ridiculous.
0: Well, if you think about how far cinematography has come since when? When did that? When did uh, when 85. did Top Gun eighty five? Yeah. When it, okay. Um, I mean, that's that's a pretty
1: long. Oh my goodness, that's yes. a long time movie wise. Don't know that we're flying that many different jets. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thirty-seven years later, maybe but not. But our our uh, our local Air Force folks could speak to that. Um, yeah.
0: So so yeah, we're we're not. Uh, I don't know that we're going. Well, we're 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 going on vacation starting this
1: weekend. Ah. Uh.
0: Um, and and now you guys like the movies, you and we do, we do, K. and and so, but that's not always, that's not always the easiest thing to do, right? With the um, age of your kids, especially, yeah, with the kids, and, and, uh, and you know, leaving home and all that kind of stuff. So, so yeah, because you know, then you got to pay for a babysitter, and then you're paying for a babysitter, and then you got to yep. make it worthwhile. So you're buying food, and you're buying snacks, and you're buying the movie, and so by the time you're done, no you've doubt. spent, you know, hundred fifty bucks. Uh, I, will, so I will I will tell you. We uh, date
1: differently now. Our kids are a little older than y'all's, obviously, and this is one of those rare times. Like, oh, Carrie and I are going to see Top Gun on Thursday night when it comes out. Nice. And we don't have to get a babysitter. That's right. And we don't yeah. even have to worry about, like, like, buying food for the kids. Hey, there's the pantry. Like, figure it out. Yeah, you know? Like, that's right. The times have changed <laughs> for the Joneses. I still tell so. my kids that. Kendrick, Kendrick, the other day, he's six.
0: He asked me, he was like, Dad, I don't know what to eat for dinner. I was like, well, go look and figure it out. Like, well, I'm I'm in the bedroom on the other side of the house. Like, why are you in here complaining about something, you know? And so I was like, go do it, dude. No, so we don't have a plan to go see this um, at the moment. I, I want to. Um, I don't think we've actually talked about it, because we went to see the Doctor Strange movie um, a couple weeks ago, and... Um, and my wife is uh is excited about um the uh the Thor Love and Thunder movie that comes out oh, I think like yeah. on her birthday so um so I know that's uh, I know that one's in the works but um <clears throat> yeah so you know we haven't uh, we haven't got that far but
1: well speaking of uh Sunday cuz yes. we didn't um 96 huh okay just looked up Top Gun has a 96 tom- tomato meter That's to- impressive yeah that's impressive. The consensus reviews say it pulls off a feat even trickier than a four G inverted dive, delivering a long belated sequel that surpasses its predecessor in wildly entertaining style. Wow! So talk about got my hopes up. Yeah, for real. Sorry, you and Kara Kay, <laughs> What what about this Sunday? What? No, I don't know. I was just pretending like I had a good segue to Sunday, but I didn't. So. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, se- senior Sunday. That was fun. That was fun. It was fun to have. Uh, uh, eight different students and their families uh, just prayed over and celebrated and uh, parents were up here over the weekend leading up to Sunday setting up those tables with pictures and awards and yeah uh, I think it, just another like part of the of the milestone another part of the ritual of of them finishing one really cool season important season of life and stepping into the next mm-hmm I thought it was cool. Yeah. I, I love too, as disconnected as as church can be over the pandemic, you know, there's there's several of those seniors that have not been involved in our student ministry, that uh, whose families, you know, vary in their degrees of connection here at Colonial. But I love the intentionality our student ministry leaders had to just reach out church wide and say, Hey, if we're your church, if this is if we're your faith family. Uh, and you've got a graduating senior. We don't want to miss anybody. Mm-hmm. And I was really just, if I can be that honest, pleasantly surprised that we had all those families come out of the woodwork, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I personally only know, I want to say, four of the eight. Um, so anyway, it was it was good. Like I like bluntly put, a year ago, my daughter graduated. We didn't do anything like that. You know, mm-hmm. I think we were still squarely in pandemic disconnection mode. Yeah. And um and we just didn't go to the links we should have gone to, mm-hmm. arguably, to celebrate some things, well, it, you know?
0: it was it was also interesting to watch the um watch the church interact with them and yes. you know, get to write cards yes. and um in, in praying for them and you know, I, I kept uh I kept watching, you know, some some random person. Would come up to a table and have a, a brief conversation with the senior, and mm. I just kept thinking, I'm like, I wonder what the the senior is thinking. Like, yeah, hey, I don't know who you are. <laughs> Thanks. Gave yeah. a small talk, and of course, you know, my brain is like, yeah, I don't want to do that small talk with a random person all the time, and so maybe it just you know sticks pro- out to you're me more. I'm projecting a little bit. I'm projecting. That's right. But it was cool. It was cool to see the see the, see our our people. You know, take yeah. time to. Um, go back that direction even if they need, didn't need to and um, stop and say hi Agree. and in uh, the praying for them and all that kind of stuff too. So Agree. Yeah. So that was cool. Well, uh, this weekend coming up, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be here, but
1: uh, baptisms are coming up. Yeah. It's always I'm, fun. I'm excited. We've got eight baptisms we're going to celebrate yeah. um, this weekend. All adults don't have any kids this time. Uh, and I know, I, I heard Lori mention church-wide we're going to uh, all the first graders and up are actually going to be in the auditorium with their families in part uh, primarily because we just, I love Lori's leadership here, just convicted that man. we we need our kids to, to be a part of communion from time to time. We need our kids to be a part of the the, the corporate baptism celebration from time to time. Otherwise they go several years and they're like, what is that? Mm-hmm. You know? And so, um, and then on a, on a secondary note, I know it's just it's a tough weekend with holiday weekend to have you know enough leaders in kids ministry. So it just it made total sense of, hey, let's hit the pause button this weekend. So we'll have a bunch of kids in the auditorium with us as well. Uh, but yeah, can't wait to celebrate just new life in Christ, commitment to Christ with the whole church with with some of these folks. Yeah, yeah, that will be fun. Yeah, yeah, for you guys. Oh yeah, you won't be here. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I <like> I'm not gonna be here. <laughs>
0: Uh, I am mean, about town. So uh yeah. we my uh my kids are excited and we're gonna they get out of school and we're gonna hit the road and, and uh go vacation for a little bit and and, and do that sort of thing. So yeah, um, so yeah, we're gonna miss out on this weekend. Well and by
1: the time this episode's posted later today on Monday, we'll have two and a half days of school left here in our local districts. So Yeah, it's nearly
0: nearly done. Yes. is is Fun Carry ready to burst at the fun seams. Fun
1: Carry, my wife Carrie, uh, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> loves to boldly proclaim at the end of a school year after she's worked her tail off as a teacher that Fun Carry is back. <laughs> And, uh, she's, she's held I lo- back. I love that. So I much. love, I can't tell you how much our whole family loves it.
0: I, I can imagine. <laughs>
1: Cause her whole demeanor changes mm-hmm. her, her, uh, just her relaxed spirit just comes out and, uh, she gets crazy at the house. I mean, oh my gosh, you could eat off our floor in the middle of the summer. Cause she's just, she's a neat freak. But in the middle of the square, she's been so tired about how well you
0: clean the house. (laughs) She's like, Oh my gosh, now it's time.
1: (laughs) But then, uh, foreshadowing, you know, it'll it'll be the first, second week of August and she will look us all squarely in the eye and she will say, fun, Carrie is dead. (laughs) Let's get back to work. People hibernation (laughs) going back to sleep. I'm excited for families. Summer, summertime is always a different season. I mean, I, I hope, I hope I'm not projecting too much on everybody else, but I live in a home with four kids going to school. I live in a home with a wife who teaches. And so, um, I think like a lot of families, the school year, it just drives a lot of our calendaring, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, certainly parents can relate to that. Yeah. You take it up another notch with one of us being a teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a, It's a, it's a huge shift in our daily rhythms and it's a huge shift for me. I've got, I've got Fridays off as all of our staff do here at colonial and I'm used to, I'm off and all my family's gone. You're alone. And now for the summer it's, I'm off and I get to spend time with my family. That's the upside. Mm -hmm. I get no time alone. That's the downside. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it's a, it's a good fun shift. I hope, I hope, uh, I hope it's 67 degrees. Yeah. For a couple more weeks. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think we should count I don't think on that. It's going to happen.
0: <laughs> I don't know that that's going to last more than a couple of days. <laughs> I don't think we should count on that. Yeah, no, our family's the same way. It's, you know, obviously it's driven by the school calendar just cuz that's where all the kids are doing and so that's what we're all involved in and Right. Um we don't have a teacher, so so that's that's at least different, but um but yeah, I mean, my kids are, are thrilled to be out of school. I mean, for weeks now, they've been like, oh, how many days do we have left? How many days? Okay, I, I should have made them like one of those, you know, just a calendar they could mark off the number of days or like, right. you know, like a one of the, one of those like chain, paper chain yeah. things is like rip another chain off and uh, just, to, <laughs> just to, to help them visualize it. And especially our six-year-old that just can't wrap his mind around How long that actually is. And so he's so ready to be out of school (laughs) so that he can play with his Legos and his friends and swim. And (laughs) but yeah. Okay. Okay, enough of that. Um we are in our series, our our origin story. Our origin? I can't I can't talk. Our origin story. Correct. Continuing our way through acts. Uh, Tanner brought us into the beginning of 13, Acts 13, last week, and then we just kind of plowed our way through. Um, Did you get all the way through? He did, right? All the way through the rest of 13 today? Oh, we got all the way through it, baby. All the way. Yeah,
1: Brett Brett Swiger, one of our elders, came up to me after service. He's like, man, don't you apologize for taking us through a huge chunk of Scripture? That was awesome. (laughs) I'm like, no, 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 I'm not apologizing. It's just... I think I I catered to my pessimism about our attention Man. <laughs> span, you know. Um, but to his point, can you go wrong? Can you go wrong as a teacher while we're together as Christians to say, "Let's just read the scripture." Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm not going to try to be brilliant or funny or clever. Yeah, I, I'm. Let's can we open up the Bible and let it speak to us, mm-hmm. especially in this case, it's narrative, you know. Um, it's a story. It's an unfolding of history. Uh, I'm not a fan of reading, you know, on a page and a half out of one of Paul's letters and just letting it sit um, nearly as much, only because there's 27 points he's making, you know? (laughs) Or, Or lots of hard words and theological concepts. This is, and then they went to this place, and then that happened, and then those people reacted this way, and then they went to this place, and then that happened, And then he explained this thing and then he explained that thing. Like it's not, it's a little easier to, I hope, I hope it's a little (laughs) easier to stick with and follow along. You know, does that make sense?
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm a way better teacher of narrative. I think, I think, I think any of our people (laughs) could tell you that I'm, I'm, I'm not, in fact, we're going to tackle a couple of difficult topics here or at least one predestination. Mm -hmm. And I I feel so inadequate. I feel, hmm. yes, I went to graduate school. Yes, I've got big books with fancy, you know, titled authors. But um, I'm not teaching at a seminary. I'm not a, a theologian scholar. Um, we're all theologians, but I'm not a scholar. And so I, I feel way more comfortable jumping into the Gospels, jumping mm-hmm. into Acts, jumping into parts of the Old Testament that are narrative-based Uh well, and it helps. Story. It story. helps, yeah, and it helps when when you know
0: Paul does the work for you, and yes. or I guess Luke in this case does the work for you and and uh, lays it all out for you and says, "Okay, well, we we went here, and here's what happened." And I'm telling you the story, you know. Yeah, it's like okay, well, and and to hear to hear Paul, um, you know just kick it off with, all right, I'm not just going to try to convince you, but here's all of the ways that—here's all the the connecting dots, as you said. Yeah. You know, that's like, this is why you are missing—you're missing out right now. Um, So let's go back through history and all the things that you know and all of the things that you've always heard all of your lives, and now let me point them in the direction where they're supposed to be pointed rather than just, uh, we're just waiting. So, you know, to hear hear Paul just, you know, start it off that way was— it's pretty cool. Mm. So as they um, as as he goes through this, right? He's he's stopping in. Um, I forget all the names of all the different places, but uh, in the public square, in the synagogue, or, or wherever he is to uh, to to teach these
1: people. Uh, well, th- and this to be clear, just to, since you since you mentioned that he yes. was in the synagogue, he very very purposely this one went to. And yeah, I'm yes. sorry, you're talking about in general. Well, that's fine. Go ahead. Yes. But in Acts 13, where we were. They they went very intentionally to the Jewish synagogue. Right. Yes.
0: Yes. This time. So he. The, in, but but in general, at the same time, in general, he's going to. Um, I, I think of what, what was the one we did it a couple. Um, it was a few weeks back where it was the uh, um, the unknown God where he's he's. Um, no, we haven't done that one. Yet. We haven't done there yet. That's okay. coming in Acts seventeen. That's one of my favorite. Well apparently parts I listened to that acts. from somewhere else, I don't remember recently. Um, but that one's coming. So it's 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 in the public he is, square. He is
1: strategic about where he's going to right. to, your, to your point. Right.
0: He's making sure that there are people around and he's, you know, when he talks about which, all things to all people, he's telling Jesus, them what they need to hear Jesus this. modeled that, by the way. Yes.
1: Jesus went to the synagogue often. Jesus went uh, to particular people groups where they hung out, where they were. Um, very purposefully, yeah. both he and Paul model that for us.
0: Well, and one of the things that I love about that is that it's it's not just a canned message. It's not just a okay. Here's the here's my three points, and now you know raise your hand if you want to get saved or whatever. You know, it's very much a okay. Yes. I'm talking to a group full of or, or a place full of Jews. So what you guys need to hear is this specifically. Yes. You know, here's how the ways we're going to tie the dots for you. Yes. And then. Sorry to burst the, uh, or spoil the, it's okay. the plan coming 17, up. But so it's awesome when you get to act 17 and he's, and he's in front of a bunch of Greeks,
1: then, uh, he doesn't or, mention the Exodus. He doesn't mention the promised right. land. He's not talking he about doesn't slavery. mention King David. Right. He says, Hey, you know what the Greek philosophers say? Mm-hmm. And he quotes them and, and we're going to get there, but you got me excited about it already too. <laughs> Very intentional thinking about who he's talking to. Yeah. Um, different ways of connecting the dots. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think about, I think, you know, we, we so many, we so often try to, um, boil it down to this one way of, of, of sharing the gospel. Yes. That, um, you know, we have a tract and we're just going to give this out to somebody and that's going to do it. And maybe for some people that totally works, but there's also going to be other people that that doesn't work. Right. And if we're not going to be in, in the, that community or that relationship with someone to understand where they're mm. coming from, good point. To to talk about that and, or to talk about, you know, their life and what are they experiencing? Now let's find out how does the gospel apply to what it is you're living in. Yeah. Um, I, that's what I love about about some of these examples, yes. and I just I don't I wasn't playing. That, that's that why. Um,
1: and that leads into our a uh, great question, a couple questions yes. we got, but that's why I, I I hope my genuine excitement came through, even while teaching yesterday, is I'm just trying to picture these learned Jews, you know these these educated in their culture, educated in their history educated in the old what we call the old text old testament uh text and how they're listening to paul and they're like oh yeah mm-hmm. you know and i don't know how much of that was already happening in their head but but if we could just jump right into this yeah. question yeah I think so, it's
0: good. so so we got a question um and it's it's a maybe a two-parter i don't know i would call it a two-parter yeah okay so you want to tackle it in two parts or
1: I think we should tackle the first part. All right. First, All right. So
0: yeah. our small, here, here's the question. Our small group um, had a good discussion about Paul and Barnabas in Antioch. We wondered how much of the people of Antioch knew, uh, sorry, how much the people of Antioch knew of Jesus before they taught about him in the synagogue. So before Paul and Barnabas were um, were, were telling everybody the the gospel, in acts 13, how much of this stuff would they have already potentially
1: known? That's a great question. Um, in fact, I'm scrambling here to look up some notes I found. Um, everything I'm about to say is not from Lauren. Um, and I don't mean that cause I want to disown it. I just don't want to take credit for it. Um, what I understand is that, um, while this was not Jerusalem, this was not Judea. Uh, this was a, the Jewish community though, this was the Jewish synagogue where every practicing Jew, every, every culturally, um, you know, deep rooted Jew was coming consistently. And so Paul, back to your point, Paul knew who he was talking to. He knew what they knew. I, 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 I read that, uh, one of this one of the scholars that wrote some commentary about Acts 13, um, talks about how. Um, they probably knew very little, if anything, about Jesus. Hmm. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. But but think about it. They live hundreds of miles across the water, right. inland. You know, in a different part of the world. Uh, unless they've traveled recently, they, they weren't following. They,
0: at Jesus Christ. No, on, they on they weren't Twitter. at Sermon
1: on the Mount. <laughs> there you go. Actually, that's <laughs> that's a funny joke. But they weren't. They just weren't in the know. Yeah. But they knew about the Exodus. Right. They knew about the promised land. They knew about King David and King Saul. They knew the Psalms and, and here's, I, I, this is going to be a little overboard, but this is fascinating to me. Um, what did they do when they came to the synagogue on the Sabbath? What did they do when they came regularly to the synagogue? Local, che- local Jews, local coming to Jews, the synagogue. check this okay. out. There was evidently a set cycle of readings for 154 Sabbaths used both back in Judea and across across you know different different countries where the Jews gathered 154 sabbath readings that they would cycle through so basically
0: some some version of a liturgy
1: yes okay and the service consists consisted of six basic parts this okay. is going to be more than some people want to know but there's at least a few of you right now that are fascinated by this the welcome the songs the announcements. We call it hosting part two.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, praying for another church, and then um, the, the the message, right? And then dismissal. Oh, that's You're seven, funny. Sorry. That's colonial. Okay. No. Okay. No, no, my no. bad.
1: Go ahead. The service consisted of six basic parts. First, there was the rec- uh, recitation. Did I say recitation? Recitation of the basic confession. Confession. The Shema. Okay. Um, which I believe is it's from Deuteronomy. You know. Uh, the Lord, the Lord, our God is, is, is one. Oh my gosh, I'm butchering the Shema, <laughs> but it's, it's this, you know, this creed that they would say from Deuteronomy. So, so first they would do that. Apologies to all the Jewish people yes, who I'm are so listening sorry. to our podcast. Then they would fall. And I'm looking at my notes here. They would follow, uh, that with prayers. Okay. There were 18 different benedictions they would choose from. Third came the Torah reading. So right. what we the call whole, the first, the whole Torah, the first five books of the Bible, they would, they would have some reading from the books of the law. Okay. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Something in there. So third would be a Torah reading. Um, usually divided into portions read by different lay people. So that would be like a participatory experience. Different mm-hmm. people would read parts of the Torah. Fourth, there'd be a reading from the prophets. Okay, Isaiah, Jeremiah, mm-hmm. uh, all the way into Joel, Amos, some of the, mm-hmm. those kind of things. And then um, fifth... There was sometimes a message, uh, a homily, uh, some kind of teaching moment. Okay. If there was somebody available to teach, that wasn't even always the case. Hmm. And then finally, they would finish with a blessing from the priest. They'd finish with a benediction. Okay. So what that tells me, first of all, is they had their own rhythms, just like we do at Colonial. Sure. They had their own rhythms. That also tells me that um, they, didn't, they didn't know about Jesus, but they knew about the Torah, the books of the law, they knew about the, the prophets and, and what had been promised or predicted over the, over the centuries. Um, and they had their creeds and prayers they would do together. That tells me a lot of what Paul knew he was walking into when Mm -hmm. he's connecting all those dots. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the, but the, the home run, you know, in the end, the climax, the climax of Paul's message was I've painted all these pictures. They even knew about John the Baptist. They probably knew more about John the Baptist than they did Jesus. Hmm. Um, But they had all these dots connected, and he said, and guess what? Guess what? Here's where it culminates, in the person of Jesus and I, I think it's fair to say most of them are like, okay, well, tell me more about him. Who is he? Mm-hmm. Well, this is who he is, and this is what he did. And then they killed him, and then he came back to life. And, the, and they're like, oh! you know, <laughs> like it's all clicking. So they didn't know about Jesus, but they knew all their backstory. They knew the history. They knew the Torah. They knew the prophets. And so um, I, think, I think I actually answered both questions here. Because the second part, read the second part of this question.
0: Uh, they also discussed the teachers who taught in the synagogue and read scriptures from the scrolls. Uh, the people couldn't just get up and go get to go to the back of the room and get a free Bible, because um, that wasn't a thing. We didn't have a no, printing no press. printing
1: press, no interwebs.
0: Um, and uh, historically, do we know? Um, what all was available from that for them to teach from? We guessed it was varied greatly from region to region, uh, and the Temple of Jerusalem would have the most available scrolls. Wondering what scriptures the Jewish people or Jewish prophets um, might uh, might the people of Antioch have any knowledge of?
1: So to to sum up their question, I I think I think a couple of their logical assumptions from this question asker. Uh, and I know what. There's a group that meets on Sundays that uh, has a lo- some of our long-timer Colonial folks, uh, some of our neatest people that are asking these questions. I know that. Um, did you say? Did you say neatest or neediest? Um, I said neatest. Okay, I was just checking. I just um, Karen. <laughs> I said neatest. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but it it I, I think when they say it, probably varied greatly region to region. I think that's a fair. You know, they don't. They, we didn't have Mardells. We yeah, didn't but, have Amazon. But what I what I have learned about Jewish
0: culture is that scripture was so yes, highly yes. uh um and sp- held held and high. Specifically
1: that, the oral tradition yeah. and and the the corporate reading of scripture. Right. So so whereas today we think about grabbing our Bible and having a quiet time. Right. Or we think about, you know, by ourselves at our desk or our coffee shop or whether with our Bible and our journal, they didn't think that way. Mm-hmm. They thought of coming together in large groups and listening to someone read from the scrolls someone was going to read from the text. I I think while it did certainly had to vary a little bit region to region, especially the farther away you get from Judea, from Jerusalem, Mm -hmm. from Palestine, Palestine, whatever you want to call it. I I, I think your point is, is well made in that they valued this so highly. Um, and even what I just read, you know, even these far away places, when you went to the Jewish synagogue, they read from the Torah. Mm -hmm. They read from the prophets uh, they they shared the scripture so I, I think it's it's very safe to say from what we're reading here that they had access not personally but sure. corporately but even to the even, old what we call the Old Testament scripture yeah but
0: even some of the ways that some of the things that they would wear, Yes. Um, you know, what's, yes. what They would put it on their door of their of their house. They would wrap the I don't know the right words, and I'm going to totally butcher it. So I apologize to anybody that that my mom specifically that super super cares about all of this. But you know, putting the putting the scriptures on their on their foreheads and and on their body and on the doors of their houses. So so it wouldn't have been uh, completely
1: foreign um, unless right. you you know
0: th- at least at least some of it.
1: And and they're teaching their children early. Right the Torah, they're teaching their children early, the promises that God has made the stories of, of rescue, like the Exodus, uh, they had, they had holidays and festivals and rituals that brought them back time and time again, specifically to scripture. And so, uh, I, I think it's, it's not, we're not talking about, you know, caveman days where nobody (laughs) had anything. We're talking, we're talking about, um, 2000 years ago, civilization in the Roman empire. Uh, they had access to the Old Testament scripture, uh, but again, it was corporate, not private. Um, but I hope that even I hope that even just takes us a little a, a notch deeper than yesterday's teaching. In that, this is why it was so effective and exciting for some to have the dots connected, because mm-hmm. Paul met them right where they were with all this stuff they already knew, and and. And painted a picture of look what look what God does, look who God is, look what God does, look who God is, all the way to and then look what he did. Mm-hmm. This is this is the climax of his revelation. This is the climax of his rescue plan. And we have an opportunity to put our trust in Jesus and follow and this is why people were filled with gratitude and excitement and chose to trust. Um it's also why some Jews were incredibly upset. <laughs> right. We're You're rocking the boat. Now, absolutely. And maybe that's a good transition to say this. I, I'm, I'm convicted as I've read all of acts and read some of other Paul, Paul's writings. Paul never gave up on the Jews. Mm. Like, I think it's a mistake for us to go because we see here, right here in acts 13, he said, first, I came to you on purpose to yeah. the Jews, but you rejected yeah. Jesus, so I'm going to the Gentiles. Cause he told us to go to the ends of the earth. But time and time again, then they'll go somewhere else, and he'll go straight to the synagogue. But those are his people. It's his people, it's and his he wants people, he. You could tell he just had a heavy heart. Yeah, for these people who they've got all the promises laid out, they've mm. got all the the dots to connect, and yeah. so uh, we we see big picture looking back that Paul reached the world, that Paul did all these mission we we call them missionary journeys, that Paul brought the gospel to all these different non Jewish groups. But I don't think it's accurate to neglect the fact that we, we've got to see that Paul never gave up on the Jews. Uh, he had some harsh words to say to the rejection by God's own chosen people, mm-hmm. but he still time and time again would go back to, I, I, can I please help you connect the dots? Um, and I think that maybe, maybe that speaks a little bit to us today that um, on one hand, we need to share the good news with people who are receptive and who are excited. Um, but I think we got to be careful and not not neglect anybody, you know mm. um, even if they resist at first or they reject. Uh, I think Paul modeled just a consistency of the gospel still for everybody, everybody. yeah.
0: Yeah, and and he does it in you know as we talked about earlier, he he does it in context, mm-hmm. you know. So to continue to come back to the Jews, he's still going to continue to try to reach them in a way that makes sense for them, yeah, and not and and tailor his message to them right. and and try to reach them in their context rather than, um, you know, just trying to. All right, I'm just going to say this. I'm going to throw it out there. So if you accept it, great. If you don't, all right, sorry. Um, you yep. know, so yep. Okay. Um. So throughout this, uh, we we get uh, we we stumble upon the idea of predestination. Yes, um, which is just a quick and easy black and white conversation. Um, so easy <laughs> that uh, that we're just going to breeze right through, right? Correct. So um, predestination, uh, and I have a. Bunch of scribbled down notes here, so I don't I don't know exactly where you want to go here, but uh, um, predestination basically meaning that um, um, we were th- that that God has pre-chosen or predestined um, people to uh, to save or to have eternal life. I think as it said. Um, In, uh, in this one, what was the, what's the specific scripture you would jump from?
1: Yeah, let's first jump into, this is actually a big deal. I know, I know sometimes we go on, on bunny trails as you like to call them, (laughs) but, but uh, is it really not rabbit? Is it bunny trail or rabbit trail? I had never heard
0: bunny trail until sitting down in a podcast. Could it be
1: a hair trail?
0: I don't know what that is. H-A-R-E. Oh, an H-A-R-E. You see what I did yeah, there? Yeah, no. no.
1: It's I can't probably a rabbit trail. We, we, we go down rabbit trails all the time on the podcast, and I know I know everybody would is nodding their heads, anybody who's listening regularly. Uh, but this is actually a big deal. Yeah. This this line right here in the middle of Acts 13 is talked about a lot, argued over. It's caused division. I was going to say, there's lots of
0: uh, uh, denominations Oh, my goodness. or, or, or different... Religion sects, if you will, I don't, I don't know if that's the right word, but please yeah. don't say sex on the podcast.
1: Oh, sex, S <laughs> E C T S, is that yes. what you mean? Yes. Hair trail. Yes. So, let me read the verse, um, Acts thirteen verse forty-eight. Let mm-hmm. me just read this out loud. This is from the New Living Translation. Um, it says, and when the Gentiles excuse me, where are we? Here we go. When the Gentiles heard this, which is all the dots getting connected, all the good news. They were very glad and thanked the Lord for his message. And here we go. Here we go. And all who were chosen for eternal life became believers. And I very purposely tried to hit the pause button and go, whoa, whoa. Anybody else noticing what I'm noticing? Wait, wait, some people were chosen. I thought we get to choose. Some people were therefore not chosen. Does God choose us? to save us, to rescue us, to, to mm-hmm. claim us as his own again? Do, do we get to choose and or reject him? That's what we've been teaching and seems to be consistent with scripture. Um, let me read a different English translation, um, the ESV, the English Standard Version, which is a, a, probably my favorite study translation because it's, it's a word-for-word, word, uh, very accurate translation, and it it translates it to say, as many as were appointed to eternal life. So NLT says all who were chosen became believers. ESV says as many as were appointed. If you're curious, the NIV, which a lot, a lot of longtime Christians have read over the years, different translation says all who were appointed uses that same word appointed, but that Greek word there means appointed assigned chosen selected. Uh, and it brings up this topic of predestination, um, I've seen predestination defined this way. Uh, it's the teaching that before the creation of the world, God decided the eternal destiny of all rational creatures, including angels and human beings. So before everything started, he decided what their, their end destiny was mm-hmm. going to be. And, and there, there are Christian churches uh, that teach that. There are a, a sizable number of Christians who would call themselves Calvinists, who would call themselves Reformed, who believe this is exactly what the Scripture teaches us. And and this verse, particularly right here, Acts, Acts uh, 13, thirteen forty eight, you could argue is the strongest verse in the whole Bible that supports this teaching. So it's just one line in the middle of mm-hmm. a narrative, in the middle of a bunch of things that have nothing to do with even theology, much less theology of predestination. But it makes you go, whoa, whoa, wait, you know?
0: Well, there's some other ones that I, I looked up. Um, I mean, I think this, this idea is scattered throughout the Bible. It is. In a lot of different places. Um, just a couple of the, of the um, more blatant examples that I read was uh, Romans 8.29, for God mm-hmm. knew his people in advance, and he chose them to be uh, to become like his son so that his son would... Uh, be the firstborn, um, blah 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 blah. Um, but he chose them yeah. to be like his son. Yeah. Uh, Ephesians one four and five. Um, even before uh, he made the world, God loved uh, God loved us and chose us to be uh, mm. uh, chose us in Christ. To be holy and without fault in His eyes, God decided in advance to adopt us into His family. Skipping ahead, furthermore, in eleven, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we received we received the inheritance uh, from God, and He chose us in advance, and He makes everything work out according to His plan. Um, and like oh. I said, there was a lot of other there's a lot of other ones where it's it's you know um, in Proverbs and Psalms um, yep. uh, that 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 have this same idea. So it's not just this one verse uh, that alludes to You are correct. this idea.
1: Yeah. I mean, anytime we form a whole theology off of one little line or one little word, that's problematic. Yeah. But to your point, this, this idea is talked about multiple places in scripture that, uh, God knew before that God chose before, uh, that he predestined. Um, so, and it's, it's troubling. I, I, I was reading some different things uh, since yesterday, uh, any anybody who struggles with this is far from alone. There's a lot of people to have. Yeah. I was reading about Jonathan Edwards. Do you, do you ever have you ever heard of Jonathan Edwards? He's a yeah brilliant young guy from a long way S- back. S- what's the 1600s, 1700s? It sounds right. I can't, I can't it's, remember it's exactly. A long way back, but he he actually called uh, this this doctrine of this theology of predestination. He called it a horrible doctrine. <laughs> <laughs> nice, <laughs> because it troubled him so much. Now, if you read about his life, he actually later came to grips with it mm. and and even even embraced it. Um, I, I have. <sighs> I was watching a video about that was
0: from Thomas Aquinas. Yes, um, not not he made the video because that was not possible. <laughs> that would be amazing. But this was like what uh, the 12th century or something. I don't remember exactly, uh-huh. but a long,
1: long time ago, and he was dealing with the same kind of same kind of thing. Yeah a couple of thoughts. One, as a, as a Baptistic church, I say Baptistic because our doctrine is squarely uh, grounded in our Baptist roots. Um, we do not teach predestination. Um, I think maybe one of the simplest ways to, to address that is while we do read about the, the doctrine of predestination and the, and the, the theology of selection in the Bible, it is clearly not central even even with the passages you just read, mm-hmm. um, there you could make a, a, a relatively short list of those passages. It's not pervasive through Jesus' teachings. It's not pervasive through Paul's and Peter's letters and those kind of things. Um, the center, all of us can agree, even if we we agree or disagree with predestination, the center of of Scripture teaching is about Jesus, and specifically about salvation through repentance and faith in him. So um, it's not that people who, who believe in predestination think that we don't get a choice, that we don't still have to come to a, a fork in the road. They do believe we come to a fork in the road. They just believe God already knew and that maybe even God already wooed people to himself. God already did all the work to mm-hmm. to make it happen, and we're just responding as he already planned and knew we would, but it doesn't change the fact that we're responding. People who disagree with the the doctrine of predestination really camp out on, oh no, it's, it's, a for, it's the fork in the road. It's completely up to us. We get to reject him, we get to accept him. And I know intuitively, I know for a fact intuitively that just makes way more sense because how do relationships work day to day? We, maybe this is even a little bit of our American mindset coming out. We just grab a hold of it. We get to choose. We have freedom of choice. Nobody can make us believe something. Nobody can make us commit to any relationship. Relationship, you know, like, in fact, think of it this way. Arranged marriages, how foreign is that concept to us in our culture here? Um, There was a time and a place, and there are other places in the world now where arranged marriages are very common. For us, that that's like that's not even remotely okay. Yeah, I get to choose, and so I think that's part of our resistance to mm-hmm. even this idea. Um, I, I was talking to to Jordan, our pastor of spiritual formation here at Colonial Church, and we were talking about it even this morning. Um, I love throwing our fancy titles out. <laughs> it's just Jordan, but Jordan's smart guy, and he gave me this. Uh, he was talking. Check out this logic. If you because because I, I think this speaks to the trouble we have with this doctrine, when it comes to fairness, we want everything to be fair, right? Right. Right. So the thought that, okay, no, God's going to choose and not me. Well, that doesn't seem fair, Mm -hmm. you know, but I love this. This actually really clears it up for me. If you have two deserving people, deserving people Mm -hmm. and God chooses one over the other, then that is prejudice. That is, that, that is not fair. It's not just, it's not fair not okay. If you have two deserving people and God chooses one over the other, but if you have two undeserving people, which is reality for us, we don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve forgiveness. We don't deserve, um, justification. If you want to use those big theological terms, we don't deserve God's love, God's rescue. If you have two undeserving people and God chooses one of them, that's still grace. That's still grace. We didn't neither one of us deserved it anyway. And he's still I'm trying to teach my kids over and over again, man, what do we do when good things happen to other people? We don't say that's not fair. We celebrate. Mm-hmm. Like look look at oh, look what they got, you know. But I think that's so hard for us. I think it's hard for us as sinners, you know? Right. Um and I, I love how how one one author I read, he said that that scripture teaches us that God's move toward us. Always precedes our move toward him. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's where I'd like to land on this concept of predestination. I'm not, I'm just not smart enough, or or well read enough, to have a debate. I, th- I think, I think if you gave me a couple weeks and some of my some of my work hours to put into it, I, I think I could be ready for a, a good debate on either side. I think, sure. I think I'd I'd like to think I could I could do that. But for the purposes of today. Um, the bulk of scripture is focused on our response to what God has done. It doesn't change the fact that before we ever respond to the good news, Mm -hmm. like these people did in Acts 13, God already moved toward us. Mm -hmm. So if you want to use the words of he, he chose, uh, he, he selected, he, he predestined, um, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. But the moment we think it's really more on us (laughs) than it ever was on him, we are not reading the Bible. We're not realizing that his move toward us always precedes our move toward him. And he is not fair. Like, let's let that sink in. God is not fair. Thank God. (laughs) He's better than fair. He's gracious. He's generous. Fairness would be getting giving us what we deserve. So at some level, I'm thrilled with the idea that he has chosen us, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, some of it gets into semantics. You know, I've heard somebody say, well, if I respond to the gospel and I give my life to Jesus, then clearly I'm somebody he already picked. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my head just spun around a couple times, you know? Well,
0: and, and so, uh, not to muddy the waters if i do i apologize um because i'm I'm, will this is i'm trying to wrap my mind around it right well you know it's like um i think that's what that's what it is we like those we like a black and white answer we do you know we We don't like to live in the nuance we don't like to live in the uh in the gray area um of 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 not understanding things we want to say oh no i get this this is this is the way this is it um you know, and so it's it's like that pendulum of on one end is predestination, and on the other end is free will. Yes. Right. So if I believe in predestination, then if I'm a if I'm a follower of Jesus and I have eternal life, then I was predestined to do this. And the other side is um, free will. And so we all have our choice. And if I've decided to follow Jesus, then yep. You know, I'm I'm accepting that grace or whatever. But it it's it's like no, it's it's it doesn't appear to be a one or the other. And it's,
1: it's, it's a weird, that's why I even
0: it's, but, but that's like, it seems like the thing that we are assuming is that the word only yes. is in here. Yes. And I don't see it anywhere nope. in all of the things that I keep reading. And why I've kept, why I've watched multiple videos over the, the weekend. It was just like, it's not that it doesn't say that God chose well, only these people to no. be
1: in advance, only these people. And but the only, the, the, this may be a rabbit trail, but, but one hmm. thing that does come to mind when you say that is that the, the word alone does apply like in Romans several times. Paul talks about faith alone, right? So uh, there is an argument that it's 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 squarely on our our response to put our faith in him. But you know what? You you I think you hit a huge bullseye on the fact that most of us, most of the time, long for the black and white. Um, even those of us who who are are thinking is much more developed or. Um, or just much more um, just nuanced in our personality types or whatever. Almost all of us, almost all the time, just want clarity. We want black and white. And I think you're, you're raising the issue that when it comes to God choosing and us choosing, it's, it's very gray. Um, here's, here's where, and I'm not trying to be trite, but here's where I hope this would help anybody listening who just longs for the black and white. Bring it home. I heard somebody say this once. I can't remember which smart Christian leader said this, and I I would give them credit if I could remember. But they said, I want to sleep at night like it's entirely up to God and his choices. Uh, I'm going to have the peace of that knowledge. I'm going to rest in the fact that, you know what, there's all these people that aren't even reached yet in, in the, you know, the, jungles of new guinea and africa and i can't even i how do i how do i change the world how do i even i'm gonna sleep at night like it's entirely up to god choosing i'm gonna wake up in the morning i'm gonna live my day like i've got to be faithful like it's on me with his help to share the good news to to give people the option the opportunity to respond to the good news the gospel uh, and so to use theological terms, I'm going to sleep like a Calvinist. And I'm going to live my, live my day like an Armenian. Mm. And I think, I think that at least appeals to our, okay, I'm going to black and white this thing, yeah. you know? <laughs> and, and I confess, I relate to that, you know, I, I'm not going to lose sleep over the fact that I can't, I can't do it all. And oh my goodness, I'm not doing enough. And, um, we've got to be, super, 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 super active and faithful with the gospel and this urgency. I've got to rest in the fact that God is grace filled. God is generous. God is, God loves lost people way more than we do. And all at the same time, I I need to have that urgency because the scripture is clear. Jesus said, I want you to go tell people about me. I want you to go make disciples. I want you to tell people who don't know about me, um, who I am and what I've done and introduce us. And so it's you hit it on the head. It's both, it's both.
0: Well, obviously this is um, a nice short conversation, and there's nothing else that we could potentially
1: talk about. I think with, we wrapped it up with a bow. I mean, and done. Like done. obviously,
0: absolutely. <laughs>
1: no, I, I don't know if you're implying this, but this comp, this is not meant to be a one-time conversation. Right. I. I I enjoy the podcast, but, but part of this is meant to prompt conversations. Let's, let's sit, let's engage purposefully over a beverage, over a meal, over a shared activity that will include some of the harder conversations. Um, let's talk about what does the scripture mean when it talks about God choosing and what, is, what is our role in responding to the gospel? Let's have those conversations. So if any of you are dissatisfied with me and Brooks spouting off a few things, Let's dig deeper. Let's, let's talk about it Would love would really relish those kind of conversations. Yep. So, um,
0: yeah, we're going to wrap it up because we're, we're already, uh, we're already hitting our, hitting our mark here and, and, um, there's so much that could, could continue. So, um, anything else you want to cover before we, before we shut this thing down for today?
1: No, looking forward to, uh, this weekend baptisms, uh, gonna get really busy uh with any of you who are eager to help us get ready for um uh at the movies coming up in literally weeks uh real excited about the uh, some people don't know we we spent uh pretty much two full days last week shooting uh some teaching recordings a lot of editing of the movies we've chosen ahead of us over the next few weeks um but, yeah, just some anticipation for for the fun we're going to have this summer with that, for sure. Yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah. I'm excited. Okay. Well,
0: uh, we're going to wrap this up. So um, this is the E6 Podcast from Colonial Church. Always, you can get more information about Colonial at ColonialChurch.com, or you can download our app from the App Store or the Google Play Store, which is a great way to connect. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys. So send us your questions so we can continue this um, and talk about things that are relevant to the things that you guys are thinking about and talking about in your groups. Um, or around the table, or just in your head, Um, you can send those to podcast at colonialchurch.com. That's our email address. Um, Thank you for listening. We will pick up our conversation again next week.